Greetings and welcome to episode two of the Transform podcast. And today, guys, we're going to be talking about um, Apple's iOS 15 update and its impact on email marketing. Okay, so we're, we're just diving straight into some really highly relevant, uh, very timely uh, material here to help you guys get oriented for your email marketing efforts, campaigns, whatnot, in relation to this very significant um, operating system update that Apple released uh, you know, in late September timeframe. So what I want to do, guys, just to kind of lay out the agenda is we're going to talk about, first of all, I want to, I want to contextualize this episode a little bit by talking about email marketing in general and how important it is. And so some of you guys might be doing email marketing. Some of you guys may have considered it. Maybe you haven't even come close to it, hadn't really considered it at all. But I think it's important for you to, um, if, if you're not doing it, hear about the benefits of it. For those who are doing it, this is probably going to be a little bit repetitive. Then we're going to talk about iOS 15 and, and what it is and what the implications are. And then we're going to finish up by talking about some, some solutions, some, some ways around some of the issues presented by iOS 15. So with that being said, guys, let's kind of dive right in here uh, with regard to email marketing and how important it is. And just, you know, from a personal standpoint, uh, the, the way that I heard this put that was the most impactful to me was if you guys are familiar with a gentleman named Russell Brunson who uh, created a software program uh, with a co-founder uh, called ClickFunnels. Uh, you know, very user-friendly, uh, you know, highly usable, easily usable interface for creating landing pages and sales funnels and so forth. Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels fame wrote some books uh, about marketing uh, that he released over a series of, you know, several years, you know, a couple years in between each book. Um, I don't remember the exact order, but it was like dot-com secrets, expert secrets, traffic secrets. I mean, you get the theme. And so I read that entire series of books. It was immensely helpful to me. And if you guys are you know, actively marketing your small businesses, if, you're, if you've got your hands dirty in there or you, you have somebody doing it for you, whatever the case may be, the person doing the marketing or the people doing the marketing would absolutely benefit from reading those books and really becoming familiar with a lot of what Russell Brunson has to say about marketing, digital marketing, traditional marketing, you know, however you want to describe it. And so in one of those books, I forget which one it was, I believe it was the first one that he wrote, uh, but it could very well, actually now that I think about it, it could be the last one he wrote because the last of those three was Traffic Secrets. And what we're really talking about here is traffic in terms of generating traffic to your website, landing page, offer, whatever the case is, the reason you're doing the email marketing. And so when Russell Brunson talked about different types of traffic, he basically broke it down into three categories. Okay, So he talks about, number one, traffic you earn. Okay, I'm going to go back over each one of these as I finish. So traffic you earn, traffic you pay for, and traffic you own, okay? So the first kind, traffic you earn, is organic traffic that comes from all of the efforts that you 
put out there on digital media, you know, social media, you know, you're posting to Facebook, you're posting to Instagram, you're putting up YouTube videos, you're using the free aspects of those social media platforms to generate traffic to your website, to your channel, to your other platforms, wherever you're directing people. But you're using those platforms in an organic fashion. You're not paying for anything. And you're just, you know, cranking out content, using calls to action, you know, you know, trying to funnel people in a particular direction. And so that's traffic you earn because you, you literally have to kind of keep doing that in a sense. I mean, it's some kind of pace or some kind of rhythm, whether it's every day, 20 times a day, once a week, you have to get uh, content posted to earn that traffic, okay? So the second kind that he talks about is the traffic you pay for, and this is, this is paid traffic. This is buying ads on these platforms. You know, you buy Facebook ads, that's traffic you pay for for Facebook. You buy Instagram ads, that's paid traffic for Instagram. LinkedIn, YouTube, so on and so forth. Anytime that you are using ad spend, your marketing dollars to buy eyeballs, to, to buy attention, you are utilizing paid traffic. Okay? So, what's the benefit compared to uh, traffic you earn? It happens faster, it comes faster because you're buying it, and so you're, you're, you're definitely going to get eyeballs onto your website and your, and your social media platforms or wherever you're directing people. But, of course, the downside is it costs something. And it can be quite costly for you to, you know, keep it going and do it to the proper extent and so on and so forth. It kind of depends on, you know, what your keywords are and where you're targeting and, you know, what your daily budget is. I mean, there's so many different factors there that go into how much it's going to cost. But it's obviously going to cost more than using the free, uh, the free resources uh, that just are, are, are normally available on those platforms. Okay, so that brings me to the third one, traffic you own. And what Russell Brunson says about traffic you own is that it is the most valuable, most coveted kind of traffic because, and, and, and it's email marketing essentially, it's capturing people's email addresses. And so with traffic you own, what you're essentially doing is you're building your own list. You're creating your own network of contacts, of individuals that you can reach out to at you know, a moment's notice on an ad hoc basis, on a scheduled basis, you know, whatever the case might be, and nobody can really take that away from you. you know, Facebook can't shut your account down and make all your followers go away. You know, Instagram can't ban your account for you know, some kind of spurious activity. I mean, you're not subject to the whims of those platforms. Okay, You, you, you are essentially uh, putting out some bait. You're using that bait to capture the email address, and now you're storing that email address in your customer relationship management tool, whatever that happens to be. It could be a spreadsheet. You know, it could be a Salesforce type thing. It could be you know, any number of programs, you know, MailChimp, uh, you know, GetResponse. I mean, there's just scores of them, okay? And if, you're, if you've been doing email marketing, you know what I'm talking about, and you probably are using one or more of these types of uh, methods. So those are the three types of traffic. The traffic you own, the email addresses, the email traffic that you can, that you can uh, pinpoint and direct messaging towards is the most valuable. And it's for the reasons that I mentioned. It's fairly obvious why it's the most valuable, but you know, obviously it gets to those points that I was making uh, a moment ago. So, 
a couple of things to keep in mind about email marketing. And, you know, I was gathering some information for this podcast and, you know, I just kind of went to, you know, one of the sources that's considered fairly authoritative for email marketing, that's Constant Contact. And was just looking at some of the stats that they had published very recently uh, as of, yeah, about, a, I don't know, a week, a couple weeks ago, uh, whenever this podcast airs, uh, we're talking about like late September of 2021. Uh, and they put out, you know, the sort of the top 10 statistics that you need to know about email marketing. So listen to some of these statistics that if you're not already convinced about email marketing, these probably will put you over the edge. So number one, email marketing's return on investment or ROI is $36 for every dollar spent. It's absolutely staggering. If you've ever run ads on, let's say, Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, you know that a 36 to 1 ratio cost-wise is almost unheard of. I mean, it's unattainable in some sense, okay? So email marketing's ROI is incredible. Uh, a couple other statistics, 306 billion emails sent every day, 306 billion sent every day. It's just mind-blowing. Um, let's see. Um, okay, so here's a really good one based on what uh, Russell Brunson says. Email marketing much more likely to drive sales in social media marketing. So 60% of consumers say they made a purchase as a result of, an, of a marketing email versus 12.5% who say they'd consider using the buy button on social media. So key word there is consider. Okay, so that, that's pretty incredible. Okay, uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I, I think that's pretty... Yeah, I, I would throw one more out there. It's kind of interesting, and it has to do with mobile attention, people being on their mobile devices. Email open rates from mobile devices have grown over 100% in the last 10 years. So if you go back to 2011 till now, you're actually seeing a lot more uh, engagement on mobile devices for email. And, of course, people are just living on their mobile devices these days. So this is a very important aspect as well uh, to the whole... You know, equation. And so mobile devices literally account for about 60% of email opens. Just if you look at, you know, where is somebody opening email from, it's now more than half. It's being done on a mobile device. So pretty incredible, guys. So that's kind of, you know, wanted to just kind of set the table for you a little bit, you know, uh, as far as email marketing goes and why it's important and what kind of impact it can have on your business. And again, if you're not doing it, you probably want to after I just said all that. I would, I, would, I would assume that you can sort of readily see the advantages there. So what is the bad news? What's the bad news as far as iOS 15 goes? So let's talk about iOS 15 for a second. So Apple released you know, its operating system version 15 late September, and it basically introduces new privacy features. Okay, now... For, for those of you who are steeped in the iPhone, either you have one or you've been tracking this for whatever reason, you know that iOS 14 introduced app tracking transparency. So basically it meant that um, if, you were being, if you were receiving ads uh, via you know, an application that you were using on the phone, you could opt out of those. You could say, I don't, I don't want to see them anymore. I don't want them to show up on my phone anymore. I don't want to be tracked with, with ads that are trying to target me 
and put some kind of relevant advertisement in front of me, okay? So that, that was big in and of itself. But iOS 15 goes another step down the road here, and it, and it predominantly affects email marketing, okay? So base, and, and, and what, it, what it essentially does, just to boil it down, is it makes email marketing a lot more challenging and a lot more of a difficult proposition to, to, be, you know, to be successful or to be profitable, however you want to describe it, uh, because of this update. Okay, so the three major features that are going to impact email marketing from iOS 15 are as follows. Okay, so the, fe- the first feature is called Mail Privacy Protection. Okay, so basically what this does is it blocks a third party, like yourself, from tracking email opens. Okay, so basically the user can say, look, I don't want anybody to know that I opened this email. Now, why is that significant? Well, if you, if you do email marketing, you know why it's significant. If you don't do it, the reason it's significant is because, first of all, from a general perspective, a marketer can tell, okay, I have a very high open rate on this email campaign. That means it's generally successful or it's generally catching people's attention because they're opening the emails. They're actually looking at what's inside, okay? But specifically, if, if, you, if you have the visibility on who's opening those emails, you can now get a sense of which customers are more likely to buy, like, like who really has taken an interest in your product or your service, right? So having that ability to say, you know, Jane Doe opened X email, it's a huge deal because it just gives you visibility into Jane Doe's psyche and it allow, you know, in terms of your product or service, and it gives you a chance to then follow up with her in a more specific way, in a more targeted or precise way. Now, if you don't know who has opened your email, obviously it takes all of that off the table and you're kind of back in sort of a guesswork kind of scenario where it's like, well, I don't know, you know who opened these emails, I don't, know what, uh, I don't know what the resonance was of that email campaign. And so I'm kind of just flying blind there, okay? So the second major uh, update was what's called iCloud Plus, and it's known as a private relay feature, where basically users are provided an anonymous IP address that makes it difficult to track the user's browser activities. Okay, so this gets a little bit more into, you know, from a browsing standpoint, but again, you can see how the app takes away yet another, you know, another layer of, of, um, openness, if you will, or, 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 you know, a layer of visibility into a user's behavior or their, their mode of thinking about a particular product uh, or service or, you know, a website they've gone to or, or whatnot. So not being able to track the user's activity at the browser level really removes another tool, another bit of insight from the marketer's toolbox, okay? And then lastly, hide my email. Okay, so basically users can generate a random email address if they want to keep their personal email private. So what they can essentially do is kind of put a dummy email in front of the actual email address that they own and just obfuscate what that email is, you know, the, the true email address. So the interesting thing about this is, you know, somebody might say, well, they still have an email address that, you know, I, put, I was able to put the email in front of them. And that's, that's true. You know, if they offer their dummy email address, you know, presumably they have control over that and they can look at the emails that they get there. But not having the person's primary email address, the one that actually is attached to them, they've had for God knows how long, okay, 
that is significant because that's where the person is likely to transact their email business, quote unquote. I mean, that's where they spend the most time email-wise, is, is going to be inside that, um, that true email account. And the dummy email account, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of situation where you can have a lot of people using that who are, who are less than committed, but maybe don't want to totally miss out on something. So they're like, look, I don't want to jam up my, my normal email address. I don't, want to, I don't want to flood my usual email address inbox with spam, but I'm just going to put this dummy email in front. And if I ever get around to looking at, you know, whatever this message is that I might be getting, I can just go in there, look at it and get out and it doesn't fill up my usual email inbox. So, so it kind of presents that, that problem of it just suggests a lower level of commitment and a lower level of um, engagement that's likely to happen with that user. Okay, So that's really what iOS 15 boils down to. That's what you guys kind of need to know, I think, at the top level about iOS 15. It generally goes after email marketing and you know, institutes a lot of privacy measures there. It does the mail privacy protection, turning off the, the uh, email open rate tracking. It uh, presents this private relay feature where you, you, you obs uh, obscure the browser activity and it allows users to create a dummy email address that they can then sort of put out in front of their usual email address or addresses, okay? So, all that being said, the question is, what can you do about it? You know, how do you get around it as a marketer, as a small business owner who's doing their own marketing? You know, you're already strapped, you know, to, to be successful at this, and now you have these new sort of obstacles in your way that, that really do take away a very significant tool in the toolbox um, I mean, you know, just not really helping anything, you know, from, you know, from, I know Apple is trying to help their users, uh, you know, be more private, but it definitely is not helping from a small business perspective. So what can you do about it? So a couple things you can consider doing would be to find other ways to reach people, but in, in, a, in a direct sort of owned sort of way, you know, with the traffic you own concept. And a, a big way to do that would be through SMS text messaging. Okay, so if you can, and it's going to be a little bit harder. People are usually more prone to part with an email address than they are a phone number. But if you can gather a user's phone number, user's phone numbers, you can essentially build the mirror image of an email list, but as a text list, right? I mean, you get the emails all put together, and you can use something like there's a tool called the Community. Um, community allows you to text groups of people from you know, a number that, that I believe doesn't really reveal your true phone number. Uh, so you can use a tool like that. Um, you know, it's something we can talk about in a separate episode, how you might uh, utilize like an SMS messaging and what tools are out there and stuff like that. But just sort of off the top of my head, that's, that's a way you could go about implementing SMS uh, messaging and, and bringing in traffic through somebody's, basically you know, right through the, the text feature on their phone, which Arguably, people are in there more than they are in their email, I, I, would, I would posit. So another, uh, another way you can reach people is through something called push notification. And just going to read you guys um, sort of a definition, if you will, here of a push notification uh, service. Uh, basically enables third-party application developers to send notification data to applications installed on a particular device. Okay, so basically, if you have... You know, if you have a tool like an app, for example, you can push out notifications to 
users of that application uh, through the use of that app. So, you know, push notification is, is, is very nice in that regard as well, that you can directly reach people who are engaging with your product, service, content, etc. Okay? So that's one possibility. Uh, another would be to, you know, in terms of the effectiveness of your email campaigns. Okay, we talked about how one of the um, elements of iOS 15 removes you know, some of the effectiveness of the campaign just from a, from a metric visibility perspective, like the open rate. So you can look at some of the other types of metrics that are coming from your email campaign. For example, a click-through rate, you know, in other words, assuming now the person's opened your email, there are clickable links in there, did they click the link or not? That's a big metric in and of itself that you can track. Uh, you can also look at something called a click map. If you have that capability, it's, it's, it's basically a type of like a heat map on a website that shows you where users are clicking their mouse uh, if they have a desktop uh, in, in operation or where they're, they're tapping on their mobile screen. Okay, so a click map will help you look at like on-page engagement, you know, which buttons are being clicked on, which links are being clicked on, which images are being, you know, are drawing attention, that sort of thing, okay? So a click map is a very handy tool. Uh, you, know, you can look at activity on site. I mean, if you, if you use a tool like Google Analytics, for example, it's gonna give you a lot of data on what people are doing when you get to, you know, when you get to somebody's website, you know, you, you can see what people are doing when they get there. So there, there are other metrics you can focus on and build you know, as strong a picture as you, as, as you can possibly manage to minus some of these, um, you know, some, some of these things that are taken away by iOS 15, okay? And the last item that you can sort of consider or that we wanted to kind of, you know, throw out there to you guys today is just keep in mind that iOS 15 affects Apple users, obviously, but other email providers like Outlook, Google, et cetera, they are not affected by this, okay? So there's gonna be plenty of people out there who are signed up on an email list, they've, they've given their email address to a particular company, um, and they want those emails from that company, and they're going to get those emails, and you're gonna have just the same insight you've always had. Okay, so this iOS 15 is iPhone specific, you know, Apple specific, that doesn't mean it doesn't affect a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of Apple slash iPhone users uh, that this is going to touch, but it's not completely apocalyptic. I mean, there are other email service, uh, services and providers that uh, are not affected by this, okay, and are not going to uh, give you any less insight than you already have, okay? So, basically, to kind of wrap things up, guys, just, just remember that as a marketer, you're kind of already in a mode where you have to, you're constantly overcoming challenges in a shifting landscape. I mean, just the very introduction of the mobile device and social media and web 2.0 and on and on and on has created continuous challenges, you know, new features that come out on social media apps. I mean, it's, it's a constant game of staying ahead of this stuff. And this is just another example of that. Now, I mean, you know, this is one less problem that, <laughs> that marketers needed, but it's the usual kind of it's the usual kind of issue you run into where something changes the ground shifts under your feet and you have to find another way to to reach the objective and and get the result that you uh, that you want 
So, in closing, I would urge you guys to go ahead and subscribe uh, to our podcast, to the Transform Podcast. We're going to be talking about these kinds of issues all the time on here. That's the whole point of the channel is to, you know, uh, discuss, you know, these types of challenges, types of issues, updates, new features, all these types of things coming down the pike, and really give you guys some insight into what they are, how they affect you, how you can get around them, that kind of thing. So we encourage you uh, to click that subscribe button, uh, follow us here on the podcast. Obviously, there will also be information about our other social media channels where you can check in on us and, uh, you know, leave, leave messages, ask questions, all that kind of stuff. So, please, hit the like button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button, and uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode two of the Transform podcast. Hope it was uh, informative. Hope it helped you guys. Uh, let us know if it did or what uh, outstanding questions you still have. Thank you so much, and thank you again for listening. Bye-bye.